Welcome to the Banking on Business podcast presented by Horicon Bank. Banking on Business is aimed at helping entrepreneurs grow their business with practical strategies you can start using today. We are all about engaging our local business community and connecting with other small businesses to raise each other up. Hosted by yours truly, Grace Bruins, marketing officer at Horicon Bank turned podcaster, at least for the next 20 minutes. Welcome to the Banking on Business podcast. Today, we are talking with Alan Hathaway, the president and owner of Brown Boots Interactive. And we're going to be talking about your story of starting and growing your website and marketing business and also choosing a niche because you guys have a very specific one and the clients that you work with. So I am excited to get into that. Welcome, Alan. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to this. And let's let our listeners get to know you just a little bit better with a rapid-fire intro to the expert. This is our rapid-fire intro to the expert. I fire off the questions, and you answer as quickly as you can. Are you ready to play? I am ready. Okay, here we go. Where are you from? I grew up in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And what do you love about what you do? The thing that really gives me the most joy in my job is just simply helping people, whether that is a problem with a website, whether that's just coming up with creative solutions for, you know, marketing tactics. It's really the helping people portion of using technology that really, really sits well with me. And I can imagine that there are a lot of problems that you come up with, right? Like there are so many challenges within your business and then working with your clients where you have to sit there and go, okay, you got to tell me more. How can I help you through this? And there is an excitement around that, I think, when, especially when you come up with a new solution. 100% agree. It's looking at things backwards, looking at them upside down, looking at them from fresh perspective. You know, if it's a tech support problem, how do we ask the right question to eliminate half of the possibilities and continue to drill down and find it? So yeah, there's a satisfaction in sort of that, we call it sleuthing, the sleuthing to find the answer, but then certainly the satisfaction and the gratitude in all directions. When problems have been fixed and items have been addressed, that's just wonderful. I'm going to get back to rapid fire now after I I stopped for a second. (laughs) Alan, when you're not building websites, what are you doing? Ooh, wonderful question. So most recently, it's been two different things. My college degree is in art with a focus on pottery. So I do have a pottery studio, 180 degrees different than working on computers, but I have a potter's wheel and I throw pots on the wheel and so on. And I guess also speaking of throwing, a couple of years ago, I started playing Frisbee golf again. And this year has been a bunch of disc golf tournaments around the state of Wisconsin as well. Oh, very cool. So if you could have dinner with any historical figure, who would it be? That's a really good question. I do have a maybe a peculiar answer to that. This isn't a famous historical figure, but I would love to have a conversation with my grandmother. Just interesting thing just popped into my head when she was getting up in age, she was one of the only people probably in her 90s that actually sent emails. So once a week or so, I would send her an email with a question just about, you know, when you were a kid, what did you do for fun? When you were a kid, what was your favorite food? I would love to have that conversation with her now. Yeah. So historical figure, but not necessarily a famous historical figure. That's fair. That's an awesome answer. And this is a fun one. How often do you think about the Roman Empire? 
other than the numerals for things like Super Bowls and clock faces, probably not much. But okay, all right, and you you know the reference to that. I'm assuming it's a TikTok trend, and that is actually going to bring us into our marketing minute. So that's、okay. why I ask do that question. But if it's not the Roman Empire, do you have like something you're constantly thinking about? Maybe it's not the Roman Empire, but something else. I am honestly, I'm fascinated with YouTube Shorts of all things. Okay, whether it's cooking, whether it's As I mentioned earlier, frisbee golf, whether it's、mm-hmm. Packers news, whatever it might be. So I'm just sort of fascinated by that whole culture around TikTok, YouTube, the shorts, and so on. Sure, sure. And does Brown Boots use TikTok or YouTube Shorts or anything like that currently? We actually don't. We use YouTube for longer, longer videos and training tutorials and things of that nature, but nothing in terms of those shorts at this point. Okay. Well, we are going to talk about that with our marketing minute. And so I want to talk about TikTok and the brand Chipotle. Chipotle was the first major restaurant chain to use TikTok as a marketing channel back in 2019. Their first viral success using the platform came when they created what they called the Lid Flip Challenge, which generated, get this, over 111,000 submissions from fans in just six days. And then they saw record-breaking digital sales. So it wasn't just about the impressions and the views; it was about actual dollars coming in. So Chipotle understands their audience inside and out, and even built an in-house team of what they call culture hunters, which I think is fascinating. And the culture hunters are tasked with scouring online conversations, new platforms to see if those would be a good fit for their brand. What I think brands can learn from Chipotle's success is not to just jump on TikTok because that's what everyone's doing. I think that's the easy answer, right? <laughs> jump on YouTube Shorts, jump on TikTok because that's what everyone everyone's doing. That's where everybody is. But it should be instead to pay attention to your customers, get to know them. Where are they gathering? Where are they building community that could be digital or in person? And then find ways to make your brand relevant in that area. And that is a good segue into talking about brown boots because. In my experience working with Brown Boots with your team, Alan, I see yours as a brand that listens very intently to customers. You just said, you know, you're a technology company, but your favorite thing is helping people, which means that you're listening to their problems, you're listening to their challenges, and you're coming up with creative ways to be able to help them. And instead of saying, "Hey, here's what we want to create, and we think you need this," you're saying, "What do you need, and how can we now create that for you?" And have have you guys always had that sort of Culture within Brown Boots ever since you started. Yeah, that's something that we really have embraced. You know, back in the 1990s, before I started Brown Boots, I worked at another advertising agency, and one of the things that people would say is, "Go ask Alan; he can explain, you know, tech, techie things to non-techie、okay. people." People, right? So that has just come over to the Brown Boots agency because that's just what I do.、Mm-hmm. But then internally, we don't use this as an external marketing or. Slogan or tagline or anything of that nature, but internally we always remind each other we are the nice experts, right? So that's sort of our, that we're in this together sort of idea. The client knows more about things than we do, and we know more about things than the client does. So let's not let's not artificially put up any barriers or look at things in any sort of superiority either direction. It's Always been we're in this together. So how do we work together to understand what you need? How do we work together to understand what your customers need,、mm-hmm. which is more important in most instances than what the client needs, and address the challenges together that way. Sure, and I can understand being on on the marketing side that I am outside of this podcast <laughs> <laughs> that. 
it, it can be very intimidating to go to an expert on a topic and say, hey, I need this for my website and not always be able to have the words to explain what I need, right? And having someone who's willing to listen to you and talk that through and ask really good questions and not make you feel like you have no clue what you're talking about is very important. It's very important. And so I think your team does an excellent job of that. Well, I appreciate that. That's, you know, something that we try to identify when we're hiring folks to join the team. Mm -hmm. It's something that we always stress. And I have been in other agencies in the past where they are talking negatively about the clients. Do you believe the client wanted this or do you believe, well, yeah, I can believe they want that. Maybe we have a different idea. So let's share a different idea with them, but let's not get on their case because they maybe don't know something. Let's work together. We can learn. They can learn. Let's just make everyone more comfortable that way. So when did you transition from going from those other agencies to starting your own business? When did that happen? All right. So that was actually back in the late 90s. I believe Brown Boots officially incorporated in November of 1999. Okay. Anyone of a certain vintage remembers all of the issues going into Y2K where people were thinking computer worlds, the computer world was going to be, you know, coming to a crashing halt. Somehow I was crazy enough to decide a month before that, I was going to start an internet company. So this is the um, right time. <laughs> perfect. If I'm going to go in, <laughs> if I'm going to jump all in, let's yeah, just yeah. do this. Right. <laughs> so yeah, it was, I believe, November of 1999 that we officially started the company. Okay. And did you start right in Fond du Lac where you guys are located now? Yeah. So it was in Fond du Lac that we started. I did start as a, a solo act, so to speak. And I was working okay. out of my basement and it was, I think the following spring, we moved out of the basement, had some office space that we leased in downtown Fond du Lac. We had hired our first employee and took off from there. All right. And where does the name Brown Boots come from? Because that's not a typical website company name. <laughs> oh, that's a great question. And I hope people appreciate the answer. But circling all the way back to that nice expert idea, one of the things, just as I was thinking about the company and the culture of the company, it's let's be the nice experts, roll up our sleeves and get down to business. Mm -hmm. And I also knew that just from a culture standpoint, we also needed to be very family friendly and supportive of families, of employees and so on. So I'm in my office at home. I'm brainstorming ideas. I'm typing the ideas on my computer. And my oldest son, who at the time was two years old, oh. comes dancing into my office. He is wearing my brown boots, oh. which are clearly far oversized for a two-year-old. <laughs> and he's singing a song about daddy's brown boots. So that was it. Sometimes we just, from a marketing standpoint, we just have to listen to the world around us and it just, just presents itself. So that was, it was family friendly. It's that sort of work boot, get down to business, yeah. roll up our sleeves sort of thing. It was just the, the perfect name at the perfect time from the perfect source. Well, and it, it definitely encompasses everything you have been talking about, especially with your culture. And I got to believe that your employees identify with that as well. Yeah, I think I think so. We've been blessed to have some employees with extremely long tenures at Brown Boots. We've had a number of folks who have been there 10, 15, 20 years. And yeah, that general notion of let's work together. Let's be the nice experts. Let's help our clients out. Let's achieve some good things. I think that really does filter through. So when you got started, were you working with a specific industry building websites for them? Or was it kind of any client that came to you will help you? 
where did you guys, because I know you you have a niche now, but it didn't always start that way, right? That's correct, right? So a number of different transitions over time, right? Mm-hmm. So we started with the idea of being a website development company. And we were willing to work with any company in any industry. And that was where we started. From there, we came to the realization that we spend so much time getting to know our clients that we could start offering other resources. So we expanded from a website development company into a full-service marketing agency. We would help with branding exercises, graphic design, logo design, Mm -hmm. and so on. But even then, we still would spend probably 70 or 80% of our time working on digital, on websites, and so on. And a lot of that was fueled by our, generally speaking, by the way we were growing our business, which is getting involved in the local, at the time it was Association of Commerce, volunteering on different boards, you know, just local networking and so on, and more than happy to help, whether it's a nonprofit, whether it's a YMCA, whether it's a manufacturing company, whether it's a bank, Mm -hmm. we're happy to help anyone in that local area with just about anything. And we had the staff that we added to be able to support all of those marketing efforts. Okay. And since that time, probably in the last 10 years or so, you guys have really switched your focus to financial institutions and working with financial institutions, helping to build their websites, build custom solutions for them. So why that switch? Yeah, a wonderful, wonderful question. So it's probably some confluence is the right word. It's a confluence of probably three or four different factors. Number one is we just happened to bring someone on board from a project manager standpoint that had previously worked in marketing department at a bank. So we had some knowledge that we just coincidentally happened to hire. Mm-hmm. We also had the wonderful opportunity to work with Horicon Bank and a couple other local banks on their websites. So we were able to develop expertise there as well. Mm-hmm. And the last factor was basically a local economy factor. Mm-hmm. One of the major employers in the Fond du Lac, Wisconsin area, Mercury Marine, was going through some transition and potentially looking to leave the area. If anyone's, if you're from the Fond du Lac area, you understand what that looked like. And it turned out that many of the nonprofits received support from Mercury Marine. Many of our clients supplied Mercury Marine. And it was just this business idea of we're very focused, focused in the local area. And just that understanding that potentially one company leaving could have a drastic impact on our client base. It's when we decided, you know what, we believe if we look at a specific niche market, we can now be the experts in a very specific thing that allows us to really expand our geography and not necessarily be quite as beholden to a local economy. And we were still able to continue to serve on boards of directors and, you know, serve our local community in many different ways, financial support, giving of our time and talents and so on to support the local economy. But from a business standpoint, our client base turned national. So far less reliance on the local economy in that regard. Was that a difficult switch for your staff to go from, we have all of these clients we can serve or all these industries to, no, we're going to focus right here. Was that hard for them? At first, the concept of focusing on banks was a little bit, that made them a little bit nervous because for some reason, the idea there was we're not going to be able to be as creative, oh. which is really an interesting, you know, there was this notion of suit and tie bankers mm-hmm. and so on. And 
we were very quickly surprised at how creative banks not only want to be, but need to be to continue to stand out. So that small hesitation went away quickly and everyone embraced it. There were just thinking about that being nine or 10 years ago, there were other challenges like not everyone was custom accustomed to Zoom calls. It seems second nature now, but 10 years ago, talking to a bank in California over a Zoom call, when not everyone really understood even what that looked like or what that felt like, and how do we project that nice expert across the country? And it was even things like on a new business call, if I'm sitting across the table with a group of folks in a boardroom, it's we can read body language. Oh, we know sure. when we can joke and when we can't. Mm -hmm. And now we're you know talking to people across the country that we've never met before. And we just had to realize this is a different monster. Mm -hmm. This is a different. Yeah. So that's honestly, it, and now, like I said, it's second nature now, but 10 years ago, it was very, very strange for folks to be on uh, Zoom calls and sort of understanding what that felt like versus in person. I bet. I bet. And I bet it would be hard to get to know your client's brand when it isn't something they're surrounded by. It's different with Horicon Bank. We're in Fond du Lac. So you get to know our bankers. You get to see our brand before we're even clients. So I Correct. think you have this feeling of it. But when you start to work with a bank in California that, you know, I've never seen your billboards. I've never seen things. I've never met your bankers before. How do you overcome that? And that's interesting. Almost by definition, the fact that they're talking to us means they don't have a really great web presence. So <laughs> it is hard to, it is hard to look at their existing site to try to get a good feel. Cause again, by definition, they're looking for some assistance, but there certainly was enough. Even back, even then there was enough on social media and so on. And when we do have the opportunity to work with a new bank, we certainly spend enough time up front understanding who they are, what their audience is, what their strengths are, where they're trying to improve and so forth. So we believe we have a very collaborative process and the process needs to be collaborative, but that process does lead to friendship. It leads to respect. It leads to that mutual understanding. So, yeah, because I think that a lot of times and maybe 10 years ago, especially websites, they had to serve a purpose of getting you to your online banking and maybe promoting a few products. And that was kind of it, right? And now your website tells such a story about who you are and who your brand is. So you have to have that collaboration or you're not going to have a successful website. Yeah. One of the things that we love to do, we're, we're obviously designers, but we're also geeks. We <laughs> like the analysis side of things. So looking at Google Analytics and things of that nature, sure. but it's really fun to see what our clients are doing mm -hmm. and then to be able to show them statistically speaking that what they're doing is in fact paying off. One of the things that we see quite often if a bank is actively using a blog or something, some sort of consistent way of getting new content out on their site, especially if those blog posts or that content has to do with employees, you know, work anniversaries, supporting the community, new hires, promotions, things like that. If they create that content, they put that content out on their social platforms. We always see a spike in traffic back to the site. And then just being able to share those ideas of, hey, we know every time you do this, you have traffic on this page. So now that we have traffic on this page, what can we do with that? If it's a, a human being related post, like a promotion or a new hire, 
let's make sure we have a call to action on that page that drives to your careers page and just invite them. Hey, you want to join us as well? We'd love, love for that to happen. Check out our careers and that sort of a thing. So, mm-hmm. so it's much more than just, here's your report. <laughs> Do with it what you will. <laughs> right, right. Again, it goes back to, we know some things and you know some things, right? You're, you're looking to engage with us to verify what you're doing is working, mm-hmm. to learn if there's anything you're doing that isn't necessarily working. And we're also there to offer that sort of third or that additional perspective Mm -hmm. uh, from what we're seeing this. So let's, what can we do to work together to address this, to address these opportunities? So I want to go back to Mercury Marine, right? So you were really watching the industry affecting your industry, right? It wasn't just, I'm going to know everything there is to know about websites. It was, I need to know what's happening. That's going to affect my clients. Are you still doing that within the banking niche that you're in, still watching banking trends and keeping up on all of that? Yeah, yeah, we have to. Whether it's looking to see how interest rates change and impact website traffic. It's interesting, you know, we have 50 plus bank clients now and it's not at all surprising to see how their trends to things like mortgage pages goes up or goes down based on interest rates. And it's not just it's typically all of those sort of ebb and flow mm-hmm. in the same way at the same time sure. because of some of those external factors. Um, so we're always keeping our eyes on that. We're also looking at new trends like AI. A couple of years ago, it was crypto and Bitcoin. Prior to oh, that, it sure. was or sort of in conjunction with that was what's happening with some of the fintech mm-hmm. and some of those financial startups in that regard. But yeah, definitely the latest thing is on the AI side and how people either are or aren't thinking about that, how they are utilizing it or not, how are they are, <laughs> but potentially looking to use it in the future and so forth. Yeah. You and I attended a conference last week, two weeks ago, whenever that conference right, was. Right. It was a great conference, right. but AI was definitely the buzzword. I don't think I attended a single session where that did not come up, either from a speaker or questions that people had. So how is Brown Boots interacting with AI right now? Great question. So there are so many aspects of AI that we're trying to keep up with. So things like using AI to generate ads or using AI to create illustrations. That's a world that we're watching. We haven't necessarily formulated an opinion one way or another, but we're certainly looking at all of those aspects. Where we have really looked at it is in terms of content and content strategy. We recently wrote a blog post about content and the general approach in that blog post was there are probably right ways to use it currently, but there are also a lot of question marks. Mm -hmm. The question marks are really around things like copyright issues. Where is AI getting the content? If you ask it to write me an article on the top 10 items that new home buyers should keep in mind when they're getting starting with the process, right? You do something like that on ChatGPT, ChatGPT certainly will generate that for you. Sure. But from a copyright standpoint, we are not, nobody is quite sure on ownership, where it's getting that content from and so forth. So we really hesitate to suggest anyone just copies and pastes and use that, uses content like that. But where it is potentially useful are to verify assumptions. If you do have to write a blog post or create some content, 10 things to keep in mind when you're a first time home buyer, um, prior to AI and chat GPT and so on, folks might just go to Google, put that search in Google and you can read 150 articles that give you those top 10 things. 
So what would you do with it? You might use that to help before, before AI, you might use that to verify are your top 10 accurate? Sure. Are there some items that maybe you didn't think about and you want to put that into your document, right? So I don't think anyone really had an issue with that as long as the output was it's your top 10 in your words. Right. So what's the difference now if we start using ChatGPT and say, ChatGPT, generate this article for me? What we typically do, if we were going to go that route ourselves, is we would come up with our top 10 list first. Oh, okay. We'd put those into priority order. We'd be very confident in what we're putting together. But then we go out to Google and do a search to see, is there something really obvious that we missed? And then we might go to ChatGPT, is there something really obvious that we missed? We're not copying and pasting. We're not letting ChatGPT or Google do the heavy lifting. Mm -hmm. It's a verification. Did we miss anything? Sure, sure. It's almost more of a research tool than anything right, at that point. Right. And not sure there's any real issue there, but just the copy and paste, we're, we're leery with ChatGPT just as if we would have, we would not suggest someone does a Google search for top 10 you know, tips for a new homebuyer. And you, we wouldn't ever say, just copy that verbatim and put it up right. on your site, right? That would not be appropriate. I saw a, a tweet that talked about, you know, marketers, I think are especially nervous about AI because it's like, wait a minute, I do that. Right. <laughs> Is this taking my job away? Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure for you on on the agency side, especially, it's like, well, and this is what the tweet said was, in order for AI to take our jobs, the client is going to have to be really clear about what they want. And they can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be fine, right? Because that's what you need an agency for. That's what you need your helpful expert for, to be able to walk you through some of that because you don't know everything. But I... I'll share that with you because I think you'll understand. I <laughs> <laughs> no, appreciate that. I'm not sure, Grace, if anyone asks you questions in return, but do you have any just general thoughts on, <laughs> on, AI. on AI or ChatGPT or oh, man. anything you're willing to share in terms of how you're currently using it or what you're thinking about? Well, we have done exactly what you said, the, the content generation or even just sort of verification of here's what I'm thinking, but is this is this correct? Is this really what's out there? And it's definitely a similar process to what you described for Google. So now instead of going to Google and checking eight different sites, I mean, I'd still do that, but ChatGPT brings that all in. Now, granted, I'm not going to look at it and go, well, this is 100% true and original right. and I'm going right. to copy and paste it because that wouldn't be right. And so it is definitely a sort of a good way to generate the content, but then you want to verify that. I have played with the AI headshots a little and my kids there were my headshots. My kids said, who is that? So it definitely <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't go that route, or at least the one that I used. It was pretty early on. But that is something, too, that's kind of in, in a whole interesting. And maybe you're harder on yourself, right? Because you're like, well, that's not me. But maybe somebody who doesn't know me would be like, oh, sure, that looks kind of like you. When your kids say it, you start to listen. <laughs> right, right. So we have used, and I apologize, I don't remember the specific names, but just jumping up to Google and, and looking up AI generated illustration tools. Mm -hmm. So if we're doing a website mock-up, for instance, and we know the client wants to use some illustration, we can jump out there and the prompts are things like generate an illustration in this style with this person using an ATM machine, uh, okay. for instance, right? So we can get some really rough 
illustrations mm-hmm. to help at that mock-up stage. But again, never anything that we would use mm-hmm. um, in, in any sort of final product. So we're exploring that visual side of it, mm-hmm. but certainly spent more time thinking about the content side of it at this point. Sure. And I, I can imagine that that's very helpful as a tool, right? And I think that's where a lot of marketers are approaching AI is this is a tool that can help me get my job done faster or get me through this stage where I know this isn't the final. We're going to come back with original photography. You're going to come back with original images or whatever that is. But I've got to give the client something to look at right now so that we can move past this and get into some of that heavier stuff. Right. For sure. So one more thing that I want to talk about at Brown Boots is this new program that you have, which is the community collaboration. And I think it's fascinating. So why don't you explain what is the community collaboration program? Happy to, right? So one of the things that we miss now that we're 100% remote and we have employees in in a number of different states, we still try to support our community. I still serve on a number of committees and I've served, like I said earlier, served on a number of boards. But ultimately what started this thought process is I'm I'm just term limiting off, I just term limited off nine years on the board of our local Big Brothers Big Sisters. Okay. Organization. Fantastic organization. Very near and dear to my heart. As a young boy, I was a little brother. When I first moved to Fond du Lac, my first foray into volunteering was to be a big brother. And then when I had the opportunity to join the board and work up through the exec committee, I spent a year as the president of the board. Just very, very near and dear to my heart. But term limiting off of that, it just helped us or prompted me to start thinking about how else can we support communities? And that thought came up at the same time we were talking with a new banking client. And it was, it just came to mind that when we talk to new clients, new banking clients, most often when we say what sets you apart, they say, we support our community more than anyone else, okay. right? So you're a, a community bank in a smaller town and it's your community bank versus some large national banks, right? So we realized we have a client base that loves to serve their community. We like serving our community. What might be an opportunity there? So that's how we dreamed up this community collaboration program. And we're just starting to roll this out. We're first starting to introduce it to our clients. But the general idea is wherever you are located, whichever communities you support, if There's a nonprofit in your area that could use a new website. Sometimes a nonprofit doesn't have a website yet at all, but oftentimes they aren't maybe the most fresh, most most up-to-date website. So this general idea of if there's a, a nonprofit in your area that you support and you know that they could use a new website, we would love to partner with you. We can work together to decide what the scope of the project is. And if the bank is willing to cover half of the cost of the website project, we will discount the other half of the project. Oh, wow. And the nonprofit, we can present them with a website at no cost to them. That's a very cool program. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's again, that alignment between yeah. our sort of foundation and where we got started and how we grew our company. And also it's something that's just central to what our clients are there for. Mm-hmm. So we're thinking that's going to be a rather robust and successful program. Sure. Yeah. It's definitely an extension of what you're currently doing and serving your clients and offering this additional opportunity to them. But I think it really just brings in your brand values right back central to what you guys are doing. Yeah. As you mentioned, we were at a conference recently, the the Wisconsin Bankers Association Mm -hmm. conference, and we talked to a number of clients there. Also, we talked to a number of banks that weren't clients and introduced the program to them. 
And just across the board, it was intrigue and a lot of, ooh, that's interesting. I have one in mind and so on. So we're just starting to roll this out. And again, we're we're happy to help. That's awesome. So one last question okay. is what is next for Brown Boots? I, community collab is one piece, but what's next for you guys? Really where we are looking at in 2024 is just continuing to build out our client base. We have clients throughout throughout the country. We work with close to 50 different banking clients currently. Really in 2024, it's going to be again about new business and growing the agency that way. It's also going to be internally about continuing to reach out to our current clients, hearing how they're thinking about AI, hearing about how they're currently, what some sort of their goals and their struggles for 2024. And again, coming up with more of those creative ways that we can help them continue to grow. I said that was the last question, but now I have another one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when And this is across industries. I think creating that sort of customer feedback loop of hearing what they're saying and continuing that conversation... How do you guys do that with your customers? Sometimes in marketing, we can get too complicated. You don't say. We, right. We can maybe <laughs> overthink things. So we simply ask. It seems it's about on an annual basis that we reach out with something like a survey monkey. Just tell us how we're doing. What's on your mind? How are you feeling about certain topics? Any new tools we can add to our content management system to make management of the site easier for you and so on. So that's just one of the ways we ask. And another way we ask is when we do have our regular calls with our clients it is just simply that. What are you thinking about? What can we do for you? What are the challenges? And so forth. So we try not to complicate it. We just simply try to ask. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do think that takes some forward thinking too, because a lot of times it's like, okay, we've got this challenge or I have this task I have to complete for you and I definitely want to do that and I want to do it on time. But taking just another minute to ask those questions and say, okay, but what else is there? What else have you been thinking about? What else are you facing? Because I think that can open up a lot of doors. Yeah, certainly continuing to understand our audience and continuing to put the tools in place to help make their lives easier. Obviously, that has a an impact on those relationships, mm -hmm. generates results for clients, generates work for us. It's obviously there's that that as well, but the main focus is again right back to let's be those nice experts. Let's be in this together. Let's move forward together. Very cool. Well, all right, Alan, here's where we get to get a little inspirational. Okay. Outside of what you've already given me. <laughs> Horicon Bank is the natural choice for banking, and that is more than a tagline. It's a commitment to being environmentally friendly, supporting environmental causes. So in that spirit, I'm going to give you an interesting animal fact, and I'd like you to turn it into some inspirational advice for listeners. Uh, okay, here we go. All right. Japanese macaque, which is a type of monkey, play with snowballs for fun. This snow monkey has been actually seen rolling up snowballs and pushing them down hills just for the heck of it. That's your fact. That's fantastic. I did not know that, but I love monkeys. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. <laughs> we actually use the snowball analogy just from a business planning standpoint and so on. Just how many snowballs can we push over the peak? Because once we, you know, here's a challenge, here's a new opportunity. Sometimes it feels like we're pushing too many snowballs up the hill, <laughs> but we definitely like to push them over the top and celebrate when they start rolling down. Yes, so yes, very cool. And yeah. you can have fun with it too, which I think Brown Boots does an excellent job of. For sure. So before we end the show, Alan, I would like to wrap up with a piece of actionable advice for listeners. So if a business owner is listening to this today, what's one thing you hope they can take away and just put into action right away? First thing that comes to mind is 
don't be afraid to ask. From a business owner standpoint, that's probably one of my own biggest challenges. I love helping, but it's sometimes it's really hard to be the one that asks for the help. Mm. So I'm sympathetic <laughs> to the, the times when our clients need to ask for help, but please ask for help. Your relationships, everyone's there to help you out. We're all in this together. So don't be afraid to ask for help. That's awesome advice. Awesome advice individually, right? Ask for help when you need it. But then wherever you're at within your business, asking for help from partners, making sure that your partners align with your values, right? Because, sure. because they should want to help and want to be the nice experts. So appreciate that. Thanks for coming on the show today, Alan. Absolutely my pleasure. It's uh, always good to see you. Fantastic to chat with you today. Thanks for tuning in. To stay in the loop on all things banking on business related, visit horaconbank.com slash banking on business and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.